Welcome back, Clone Dance Partiers. This is Season 5, The Final Trip, Episode 2, Clutch of Greed. In this episode, Sarah forgot that Kira is a person. Kira wants to know what she is. Kasima believes the science, but doesn't buy the circus. Allison has a mutiny to stop. Charlotte won't be taking any more supplements. Rachel thinks she's won. Helena is back to her old self. And MK deserved fucking better. I'm Liz. I'm Janice. I'm Lynette. I'm Matt. And I'm Harold. Hey, Harold. (laughs) Welcome, Harold. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. You're always fun to have on. And reliable with the feedback, so that always helps. Prolific feedbacker. Yes. Um, I look forward to your feedback every week. In fact, I have to not read your feedback before the episode because we often have similar points. Yeah, last week we were pretty much on the same wavelength. Yeah, so I have to like be careful and not read it and then just Liz, you end just up... admit it, Liz. You just copy his. I you know what? <laughs> Um, Did we even see the episode? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just kidding. I know. Um, So, Harold, you were on the Twin Peaks podcast last week? Yeah, talking about episode six of The the Return. Nice. And what's the name of the podcast? The Twin Peaks podcast. It's the uh, first Twin Peaks podcast that was out there. It was originally an intro cast, so they have the name. Yay! That's with, the, that's with the other Matt. Um, um, my Hooplecast co-host. Yes. And, and Melanie, Brad, and uh, Kate. Caitlin. So it's yeah, original was, people? And Matt was Matt was on there a few weeks ago. Yeah, I sure was. Talking Ooh. about episodes one and two of the new season. Awesome. Oh, that's right. I remember you posting about that. And speaking of awesome feedback, Matt's been sending awesome feedback to their podcast, so... <laughs> I try. I try to make it funny because, you know, that fandom. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, before, before we brought Matt on to here, he was always great with the feedback for here, too. So I don't even remember so long ago. Oh, my God. We're all getting so old. <laughs> is this, this is the fifth season. Does that mean it's the fifth year? No, because we oh. did one, oh. two, and three. We did one and two. And three back to back. back. Oh, thank God. Because, you know, I was, I don't know what my time is anymore. I could have been five years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, because we did one and two. And then we posted our last episode of season two, the day that season three aired. Uh, That's right. right. And then we did three, four, and five live. We were catching up. And speaking of which, today is uh, Bob's birthday. It is. Say, yes, it is. Yeah. Recording on a very sad anniversary. Yep. It's the birthday well, of our fearless leader, Bob, and he was wonderful and he is missed very much. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We all missed his grounded personality, huh? What a gentle soul. I missed arguing with him. Uh huh. Now you can argue with me. I know. That's actually part of the reason we brought you on is because I wasn't arguing with anybody anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> I argue with you a lot, so oh, it worked out. Yay. Um, but, yeah, so 
Um, I know that everybody is probably eager to talk about the big scene at the end, but why don't we save that until the end? Yeah. Um, because this is a meaty episode and other things did happen that deserve their time. And so why don't we save that scene till the end? Um, so we can talk about that in its entirety without eclipsing the entire episode. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so Harold, what were your, what were your thoughts other than the big scene? Uh, what, what stood out to you? Actually, I thought this was uh, more of a, it's just still another setup episode. I, I didn't feel like uh, a whole lot happened in this episode. So I'm going to be curious to see what, what you want to talk about. Uh, it, it, it's, it just didn't seem like too much happened aside from about maybe three scenes. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, I really liked seeing Kasima meet. P.T. Westmoreland. Yes, that was something big that happened. It felt anticlimactic. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure what I think about that. Or, or do we want to talk about that first? Or <laughs> yes, yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump into that. Um, mostly because I think Janice was uh, super right <laughs> in the relation between his initials. Hmm. Uh, because my first thought when I saw him was, well, he looks like a ringmaster. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a con man, right? Like P.T. Barnum was. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that was my first thought. So, um, also, I would like to say that they missed the opportunity for a splendiferous visual pun with no swan fountain. You're absolutely right. This house, I was totally let down by that. <laughs> I guess it just doesn't seem like the kind of environment where you'd have a fountain because it's so woodsy. Would it go with the decor? I, yeah, but I also house. I also feel that we're coming at this from 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 the the female clones. So Lita and Swans are big to us, but I don't think they're big to PT. It's the, they seem to be one of many things that he's got his finger in. <laughs> Sorry, so I just used that word. Thanks for that visual. Yeah, I mean, you know, like he's 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 got a lot of things going on, not just not just clones. Right. Yeah. So I, that may be why we didn't. There's no swan. You haven't I seen mean, the rest of the house. You don't know. That's yeah. true. You go into the bathroom. Maybe there's like little, little soaps shaped like swans. <laughs> little swan soapies. Yeah. Oh, how cute. <laughs> What, what do you think about his look? Uh, he looks like a circus ringmaster to yeah, me. He needs a tall oh, hat and, and a, a big, you know, fluffy bow in the front, and he'd be perfect. And and a cane, you yeah. know, like with a big fancy head on it of some sort, like a big lion or something. Well, why is he dressed like that? I mean, why why doesn't he dress more in a more modern fashion? I don't think right. he likes the new stuff. His whole house is... Uh, old-fashioned stuff i mean yeah it is it is old-fashioned but i'm just like wondering why you know is, well, does, does it need to be he's off the grid why would he go to ikea i mean he'd just keep his old stuff um i'm sorry if you think those yurts aren't from ikea <laughs> <laughs> well that's true it um, could have been hand-built but but that's not where he lives 
He lives in the he lives in the house. Yeah. How does he get away living in the house and everyone else lives in those yurts? How's that happen? Because he is the leader. He's 170. <laughs> he's the magician behind that. Wait, no. He's the scientist who's created all the good things. So he is their he is their leader. Of course, so the leader gets the best house. I mean, come on. So he's P.T. Barter and the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And he's, I mean, got, he's got um, armed guards outside his house. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Which is actually really common of cult leaders to have some sort of protection with them at all time. Right. Okay, somebody actually has a thought of their own. I, yep. I was just disappointed by by the reveal. I, I don't. I, I really haven't come up with my final thoughts on it, but I, I just expected something, something, something better. Something. He wasn't charismatic. Yeah. Right. He didn't look yeah. any certain way. Yeah, the look was off-putting to me. That he's like some character out of uh, an 1890s <laughs> type of you know yeah. uh, setting. Uh, I don't know. The, it, it, it just. I was expecting more for the final big bad, assuming he's the final big bad of Orphan Black. He's just an old white dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's really I all so, it is. I right, it but it's it not. Was, it was so yeah. dramatic. I mean, it was like, oh, well, what big deal, you know? Yeah, and I mean, that. That's pro- there's probably, like, a significant purpose for that. But he didn't even have, like... A neo eye, or well, we don't. We ha- I was gonna say he's the father of Neo Lucian. Yeah. We haven't pulled down his pants yet to see what yeah. kind of a weird appendages he may have. <laughs> yeah, well, I was also gonna say that he doesn't look like he has any extra appendages. Um, oh, but he just could be bifurcated, you know, where <laughs> bifurcated. trifurcated. Oh, uh, gross. That's Blot that's bifurcated. a rich... Whew. Um, yeah, I don't. <sighs> So um, there was a picture that that t- of him taken with Arthur Conan Doyle. Yes. And, and it says 1804. Mm-hmm. And it and it seemed off to me. And I just looked it up. Arthur Conan Doyle was born in 1859. Okay, so that was that 1804 or 1894. I, I just couldn't tell. Oh, I thought it was 1804, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Um. I kind of wondered about that, too, but it passed by. I didn't go back to uh, freeze frame it and take a second look. So, hey, yeah, dancers I'll... out there, can you go back and look for us and verify? Let's see that birth certificate, Arthur Cornett Doyle. <laughs> awesome. Okay, hold on. I'm actually kind of trying to look it up. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I did, like... Um, Kasima and Charlotte having their meal and Charlotte says, Oh, well we, you know, they're vitamins. I think it's why everyone lives so long. And Kasima's <laughs> like, we're not going to be taking that. <laughs> okay. So it says 1894. Okay. Oh, it does. Okay. okay. Yeah. According to like the three websites I just looked up really quick, everybody's quoting it, at, but I can't get the, picture to come up any bigger for me at the moment but yeah so it says um 1894 okay let's see here yeah it's a 94 um um yeah so and then 
We also had our Helena um, up to her old tricks. Yeah, that was pretty violent. Um, with the amnio needle, I don't, I, I, I understand that I have five tattoos and I got them willingly. Um, I don't like needles. I I particularly don't like needles like stab through my face and my tongue and then out the other side into a bed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that, that just seemed unnecessary. Aggressive. I mean, I, 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 you know, you knew she was going to use the needle on the doctor, but it still seemed like really <laughs> Helena. No, kill the doctor. Which no, but still, it just—it was just. It, it felt to me like it was a final season type of uh, action. In, uh, in other words, that she went too far. She was being Helena, but to the extreme, mm-hmm. to the point where it would it would blow back either on her or on Allison, because she's using Allison's name. Yeah, oh, she's that's in the good. hospital. Oh, um. yeah. Yeah, Name, yeah, she could be arrested. Yeah, you're right. Smart thinking, Harold. It's, 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 no call for it. She's a nice doctor. No. Nice lady. Well, even uh, if she isn't, even if she's Neolution, she doesn't deserve yeah. that. I thought she was a Neo-doctor. Yeah, she I seemed could, like, they, they implied that she was. I yeah, mean, I maybe she isn't, yeah. but they gave her that kind of, you know, look stopped, of a smirk or something. Yeah, she stopped. She wasn't um, reassuring with Helena. Yeah, but a lot of doctors are like that. I think that that was deliberately done because because we're we're actually viewing things through Helena's paranoia. She could have been Neo or she could have not been. But I think they're just like really highlighting how uh how on guard Helena is and yeah. Um, the <laughs> thing that made me say it is when um she said Neo when they were talking about neonatal mm-hmm. and Donnie goes, it's not it's not what you're thinking and the doctor goes, Really? What were you thinking? Like, uh, that's what made me go, oh, no, it is exactly what she's thinking. That <laughs> was a different woman, though. Yeah, it was a nurse. That was a nurse. That wasn't the doctor. Oh, well, there was Neo people up in that hospital. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they eventually showed up, but I, I didn't think that the doctor was Neo. Um, I, and I'm not even sure. I still think she's Neo. I just think she was kind of, at some point, somebody, you know, clued her in to, to something that something that was going on. But she, she, she I don't think she knew the whole story like oh this is a person to watch and the police showed up so somehow somebody got a sense that something different was happening in this hospital and the 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 neolutionists did show up i just didn't think that the doctor was actually one of them i didn't either yeah especially when she interacted with donnie and and was saying i don't know but something's up with the baby how it yeah I i can't explain it we'll we'll look into it like that doesn't seem like that seems like an honest, sincere person who is like mystified by everything. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Helena has miracle babies like Kira because she's like Sarah. I like that line. Um, and <laughs> Kira, getting to see Kira in school. And her teacher having a name, for, having a pet name for her, and oh, you teach the class. I'm gonna go take a break. Um, I just, I really liked being able to see Kira as a child for the first time. Yeah, well, that's interesting because, in some ways, I think she was actually more of an adult in this um, episode. You know, and and um, 
you know, we've been talking about, well, not much happened in this episode, but really something big did happen is that Kira asserted herself. Yes. And that's big. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, it's been a long time coming, uh, but I think her going back to school and having the reminder of the world around her is absolutely what did it. I also hmm. think I also think she has a lot of confidence in herself to find out what the heck is going on and is willing yeah. to work within the system. I think she's fully aware that you know that they're not trustable. I think she just wants to know what's going on. So, yeah, I don't think. But she's also at the same time, if Kira trusts Rachel, I kind of trust Rachel because she didn't say I don't trust Rachel, but I want to know what's going on with me. She said, you know what I mean. So if Kira's okay with Rachel, I'm kind of. I think it's a very adult decision that she's making. Saying, "I'm gonna risk. I'm gonna risk some things to to know some things." Yes. Yes. She was acting very mature, but we've never we've never seen her with other kids. Uh, nope. Or right. in a, or in a school like setting. So that that's what I meant by getting to see her as a kid. Right. Um, okay. We got to see her play and with friends and do homework, you know, or do schoolwork. Something uh, not Neolution related. Yeah, yeah, not being, not being hidden, not being you can't talk to people, and um, it was it was really nice, and I think it definitely was alluding to what was going to happen um, at the end of the episode. Um. She's probably missed a ton of school, given being on the run. So yeah. Long. Um, but right. she seemed to be able to catch right back up, and she was, you know, even helping her classmate. Because that time that she, they were off on that freezing island, remember, they were homeschooling her there. I remember that. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, Siobhan's not going to let her education go to the side. No. I would hope not. But, uh, no. I know that that's not always Sarah's first concern, but I think sometimes Sarah sees that as, well, she's smart enough that she can just catch back up. And she forgets um, how important social interactions can be. Um, I get that they're not important or as rewarding and such for everyone, but for someone like Kira having the social aspects of school as well as the educational aspects I feel would be really important for her. Well, also Sarah is just excessively paranoid. I mean, for good reason, perhaps, but so she, she, you know, she has a different take on things than Kira who doesn't have that, you know, suspicion of everyone. Right. Uh, uh, No, I'm sorry, but I was, uh, when, when we were talking about that date on that picture, I, mm-hmm. I went on my app. I started. Finally, I just it, it rolled by. It does say eighteen. I'm sorry. Yeah, eighteen oh four. It looks to me like eighteen oh four, not eighteen ninety four. So weird. The one I saw looked like eighteen ninety four. It's it's around twenty three minutes in on the on the uh, episode. Okay. So I so, Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyone else wants to double check? But I I think it does. So if so, it, that's definitely wrong. Because yeah. <laughs> Well, or in this mythology, they've Arthur Conan Doyle was born earlier, but then um, P.T. Westmoreland gave him some sort of ability to live longer. And then they had to fudge the dates of uh, for the records. <laughs> oh, 
Okay. When someone got when someone got suspicious. Of right. Age. Justified. I mean, yeah. That could have been. Um, but back to Kira, watching Kira stand up for herself was a really awesome moment and watching Sarah realize, oh, right, she's not just my child. She's not just my thing. She is her own thing. She is her own person. Um, and well, it, it wasn't just that, though. I think it was still a bitter moment because she's losing her sibling rivalry to Rachel, at least yeah. in her mind. Yeah, yeah. She does. She probably does feel like she's losing Kira to Rachel, which is something she's been trying to protect Kira from. But there was also a little bit of that parent thing where, oh, she is becoming independent of me. There's a grief that goes with that, by the way. Um, I can I can believe that. Yeah. Mine's only one, so I haven't really seen it, but I can. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> it's, it's bittersweet when they go off to school. And they don't need you as much. You're glad they don't need you as much. You're glad to become an independent people. But you start, you know, there's a grief that goes with it too. I can, I can see that I'm no longer the main food source and I'm feeling a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm no longer needed as much. Um, but it also means I get to take actual lunch breaks at work. So yeah. that's, it's nice to be able to eat and not drop things on bottles. Um, but yeah, so, um, and I think Siobhan knew, and even Fee knew, um, well, that that was how Kira was feeling, and I think only Sarah. Well, I got the sense so that maybe one, maybe everyone was feeling that way, though. They wanted to give this truce a, a chance. I'm not sure, though. I mean, let's go back to the beginning when, when uh, Sarah wakes up and she's in that holding room and there's those Skype calls. Yeah, and everybody seems to be on board. Every, yeah, they do, although they seem to be having their eyes focusing on whoever's standing just outside the uh, off the yeah. computer sc- you know, screen. Whoever's, so, so there's a question, are, are they being honest or not? But, but there's a certain sense that Kasim would like to go and do science. Allison can be back with her family. You know, that th- this can just blow over for now they can have a coexistence and we can actually who, yeah know. we can actually understand our lives it doesn't have to be us versus them it might not be life versus death Kasim is getting better there might be a cure um i mean that's really been sarah's thing throughout the series that she's she's against it and she's always fighting this you know, fighting the neos and or her, anyone uh, yeah, she's very fiercely independent. Whereas, you know, yeah. Allison before she signed the contract and Kasima joined Dyad. Uh, yeah. So, so the the rest of them haven't necessarily been so, uh, you know, against against these scientists. Uh, they they want to live their own life. Right. Looks like 1894 to me. I put the picture in the Skype. Yeah, there's a little bit of tail. Yeah, it's there's a tail there. It's 1894. And with that font, an O would be higher. Oh, I can see why. I can see why it looks like a zero four though. But yeah. that tail is really yeah. Really okay. Famous. Yeah. Because okay. when Matt put it up, I was like, "Oh, it does say eighteen oh four. No, there's. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to blow it up to to really yes. see that tail. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Thank you, Matt. That's where where your HD gets you. 
get you those nines. <laughs> right? HD will get you nines. Woohoo! Um, but yeah, as Harold was saying, I do think that Sarah is super, super independent and having um, any cohabitation or truce with them makes her feel or reminds her that she is a science project. And I think that's the hardest thing for Sarah is I think everybody else can kind of, oh, okay, I was born from science. I was created out of science, but I can still do X, Y, and Z. Whereas I think for Sarah, the fact that she was born out of science and then ended up with her biologically would be daughter as her mom, you know, and all of that. I think that for Sarah, it's just, she doesn't want to be a science project. She just wants to be a person. And she can't reconcile both of those where Allison can ignore it. Kasima's fine with it. Um, and Rachel sees that as a power. Um, I think, yeah, I, I agree with that. I also think that it's been Sarah who has been the one that's been most physically, aggressively uh, trying to get everyone away from these scary people. And I think that going to them now is, is a real sense of defeat for her. You know, because she, yeah. she's been put through hell, physically, emotionally, everything, probably more than any of the other ones. And it's all been on her shoulders for most of it. So, um, yeah, Beth put it on her shoulders. Yeah, exactly. And I think that she is just feeling really defeated and, and betrayed. Yeah. I get I get why she's not happy about it. This episode in particular, she's defeated because a lot of like the fun stuff of the switcheroo at the school, it doesn't go anywhere because at the end of the day, Kira still ends up with Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of all for nothing. Um, as fun as it was. So yeah, but Rachel, it, yeah, Rachel's getting what she wants. And um, I don't even know if they, if they enjoyed it that much, any of it, especially the part at the end, which we'll get to, you know, that was not an enjoyable switch. No. Another uh, kind of pointless yeah. sort of yeah. You know what? Defeat. Why don't we, I think we're there? Yeah, um, let's do it. Unless we want, unless we want to talk about Allison real quick. Um, I love how Allison is like, listen, I have to go stop this mutiny of them taking over uh, whatever it was <laughs> from me. Um, let me just go do that, and then there you guys go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, um, I can't have people thinking that I cannot handle my responsibilities. I have to go fix this because it is going to be atrocious if someone else doesn't do it. And I loved um, the cop. She's like, look at all this shit and in a sweater. Uh, <laughs> with her arm like just dangled over art. It's like personal space, lady. Yeah. Like, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't be so like overly, uh, you know, fraternal. Well, it's like, cause like she was peeing on her. Just met you. Know, you know, terrible. Yeah. She was gross. Um, yeah. As much as I love Allison and, and all of her plots are always like hilarious. Uh, we've seen this before her trying to keep her suburban life separate from her clone life. And right. the way that it way that those intersect and it always kind of backfires on her is, is where they get the comedy from. And and I really appreciate that. But it is a plot we've seen before when she was um, selling drugs, when she was running for school board, et cetera, et cetera. 
throwing a house party. I wonder if we really need to see more of this kind of thing, and if the time wouldn't have been better spent on another clone, let's say the one that we don't get to see any more of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think I think that this time it really just kind of highlights how uh, uh, out of it that she really is. And it, to me, it seemed pretty sad and, and like, you know, you're kind of, you're not all there, you know, because she's worried about that. It didn't seem funny at all. It seemed kind of desperate and sad. And Well, yeah, because she's desperate to have her life back. That is the way Allison takes control. Um, whereas Sarah takes control by running and not being in the system. Allison takes control by very much being in the system and leading the system. Cosima takes control by doing the science and Rachel is in control by being in control. Um, but, and I think that was part of Beth's issue, um, is that Beth couldn't control the situation. Well, you know, I think this conversation has made me realize that basically all of our main clones are they're kind of they're repeating the, the you know the the same things they've done in the previous seasons, but it has this kind of I don't know uh, despondent air. It, yeah. it just every, everything is down. I guess that's a season five final season type of thing. We have Helena who went too far with that needle, uh, and and you have Cosima who's who's being compared to uh, a cheese mite mm -hmm. and uh, you know, the switch uh, with the MK and, uh, and with Sarah that we just talked about that, that, that also went nowhere. And, and Allison, who her husband is, is missing. She, she doesn't know what's happening with Helena. She's got this uh, obnoxious cop in her house, uh, basically, you know, marking her territory all over art. And, and all she can do is talk about the church uh, fall yeah. fair. And yeah, I guess it feels like maybe it's coming to an end. Like, like, like maybe, maybe this means the series is going to go somewhere pretty soon, somewhere different. That, that all these these antics that basically kept our our clones kind of running from here to there, to you know, to make a season, you know, go or that that's going to be over. And now we're going to deal with the final end game. I, I hope so because if it's just kind of more of the same, uh, I'll be disappointed. Only because. There are other clones like, um, like, like MK and Crystal. Well, to extent, and, Crystal, yeah. and and uh, Tony, uh, th who they ne they never had storylines. Well, I mean, Crystal was fun, but you know, even Crystal, like, but we're gonna do Allison's thing for the fourth time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. and and um. This show knows who its clones, like the clones that they care about. And it's always been Sarah, Cosima, Allison, Rachel, Helena. Like, That's we the really, thoughts. like, the others pop up in and out, uh, but they're not really part of the ensemble. Yeah, and I have, I have a lot to say about that. Um, so, the show should have come with a graphic warning for this episode um, because right. of... MK's death. Um, I have a lot to say about it, so I'm going to let everyone else talk first because I have a rant that I would like to get off my chest. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, so I, you guys go. How did how did you guys feel? 
like it was completely unnecessary. I mean, you know, it was, it was the just, death or the violence of the death. Both. Both. Okay. Who, who was Ferdinand trying to kill? You know, it was MK. Because he, well, yes. Both. He, he did, wanted, he kept saying Rachel. Well, he switched. He switched between Rachel and Vera. And I think he even mentioned Sarah at one point. Uh, you know, um, I guess I have mixed feelings about this, so I may be the the one who maybe is the most. I'm not saying I enjoyed this, but uh, I at least can, can. I feel like there's some narrative uh, purpose or some development in this, so I guess I'm I'm going to semi defend this a little bit, sort of. Uh, uh, but I mean, I rewatched season four uh, just before uh, last week, so. It was all fresh in my mind in a way that I, actually the last season wasn't quite as memorable as I, you know, and it was a good thing that I went back and rewatched it because uh, I didn't remember a lot of the details about MK and, and Ferdinand. Um, and, uh, well, first of all, uh, if you don't recall, you know, MK uh, had a grudge against Ferdinand. That's why one of the reasons why she came out uh, of hiding was to get revenge on Ferdinand for Helsinki and uh, she tried to kill him. Sarah actually uh, prevented that from happening, Sarah and Mrs. S. And, uh, but MK did drain him of $3.7 million, his entire savings they had. So he does have a grudge against her. Um, so that's where part of this, you know, violence is coming from. Of course, it also comes from his anger, you know, over the, over, uh, uh, you know, with uh, with Rachel and, and not uh, get, being sexually frustrated, which is all another thing, and his general frustration with Sarah. Um, so, but so the violence, it's disturbing. But I, I, I you know, Ferdinand has been a violent character. He, he, he uh, If you remember last season, uh, Sarah was trying to get that warm out of her cheek at the dentist office, and Ferdinand shows up and just slits the dental assistant's uh, neck. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. And that was not a character that we knew outside of like 10 minutes before her neck got slit. So we don't really care about her, but that was a horrible death that wasn't necessary. Uh, he beat uh, that Neo with a baseball bat uh, the season before. So he, he's prone to these crazy acts of, of horrendous violence before. So it's, it's in his character to lose control and do something like that. Um, uh, and it's just one of those. So, so watching season four, Again, I, I really liked MK. Uh, so I, I think she was very well developed. And there's some mm-hmm. conversation on, on Facebook uh, about people shifting. And, and maybe it was the last podcast. Maybe that's where I'm getting it from, where I, I think Matt was saying that she shifted loyalty a lot. And I, I don't think so. I, she, don't, she, I never said that. No, maybe I misunderstood. But she, I think she was watching season four. She was consistent. I haven't read the comics. But I, I think she was fairly consistent. She was... You know, she was part of that Helsinki massacre, and she she somehow escaped. She had the, you know the horrible scarring, and so she was in hiding for a period. She came out only to Beth, but then Beth ultimately sent her way back into hiding. So she only came back uh, to get revenge on Ferdinand. Otherwise, she's been living an isolated life. She's kind, you know she's afraid to show her face. She doesn't. Uh, she's she's constantly worried about people coming after her. Uh, so she's lived and, and she's been traumatized. So so. Uh, and she always felt to me 
like the youngest clone outside of Charlotte. Uh, you know, someone like Rachel seems like she's in her late 30s. She seems very emotional. Well, she seems mature. Uh, or Allison. Whereas MK feels like kind of a teenager. Maybe she has a stunted emotional growth from everything that happened to her. She does. She has Asperger's. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that was an interesting uh, call that you made last on the last podcast, which I hadn't thought of. But um, so anyway, just to wrap it up, I, I think that it was to me, it was just a, a terrible loss because I, I really liked her character. and I really wanted to see her come out with, you know, meet the other sisters mm -hmm. and become part of something. I can see why narratively she's not she may not be necessary. She's she's a little bit like a seaman that she's a, a computer nerd as opposed to a science nerd. Uh, so she, she she has a lot of the same characteristics in a way. But I just really was hoping to see her join the other sisters, be part of a team, and and gain confidence and love, and and that's what I was hoping for, and that's why it was so you know such a terrible death. Anyway, that's my thoughts. I think that I think that it was they really trying to push this doom and gloom in these these first two episodes. I didn't feel at all uh, happy about any of them, really. I mean, you know, there very very not much comedy. It very was very dark, both of them. And I'm wondering if that's why they made part of that decision to to kill her off because you know they were going to kill someone off. You know, and I agree. I think she was a very well developed developed character and you know with Asperger's uh people who uh, have Asperger's it's it's not that there's something wrong with them it's just that they're working off a of Mac software we're working off of Windows you know and yeah. so, you know they have a lot of emotions and a lot of it gets played they just many of them can't articulate it the way we do they don't have that kind of wiring so it plays itself out in other ways and I think her doing so much for her sisters was definitely a sign that she had had, you know, great love for them. I mean, you know, cause she did risk herself a lot to come out of hiding. Yeah, she really did. Is uh, this a suicide cop by scenario? Cause it seemed to me awfully defeatist of her yeah. to just say, you know what, Sarah, uh, you go, I'm going to stay here. And then almost like she, she was, she felt like she was sick and dying and she, she was defeatist. She's never going to get better. So I'm going to just, kind of throw it away it, I, it just yeah. didn't seem it seemed i don't know it seemed weird it seemed really and it didn't get them anything yeah she could have just gone out with sarah i don't understand like well, how much time that, did she buy by sarah nothing that they did really helped anything i mean obviously yeah. it seems like the whole thing actually is it, it made it worse because mk was killed kira felt that and i think that was that was the last straw for kira She's like, I'm not going. Yeah. So it, it, it made it worse. And, you know, they, they haven't really dealt with the fact that Sarah, Sarah I, I, well, you don't know. You don't know what, what Dyad knows and what Neolution knows. But certainly um, Ferdinand didn't know where MK was. And, and Sarah led him right to her. Yeah. So, and I haven't seen any, um, you know, there did, didn't seem to be any recognition on Sarah's part that she, she caused her death. That if she hadn't, you know, broken with the program, MK might, might, be, might be okay. Right, and so 
I think they've all um, cracked. I think they've all gone over the edge. I think it's all just been so much that they've all, they're all just like going into protection mode. Right. And so Sarah's reaction to all of that. Um, well, I know that Sarah's main goal and everything has been to protect Kira. Um, it has never been at the cost of one of the clones um, previously. And so for Sarah to not really care um, that MK was going to be alone with Ferdinand, um, that that really was out of character for me. And so that leads into part of my issue. So um, MK died. MK's death was pointless. I understand that they needed a death to knock Kira over the edge. I understand that um, no clone is safe and um, and all of that. Um, but this show has, for me, MK's death was bigger than that. This show has tried to make a clone for everybody. We had Tony, the trans clone who has disappeared. We have Crystal, the smart but ditzy, bubbly, um, fashionista clone. We had Jennifer, who was sick but still steamed, really kind of cool and just down to earth. We have Kasima, the lesbian scientist. Um, we have Allison, the uptight housewife from middle suburbia. We have um, Sarah, the complete rebel um outsider loner troublemaker type character we have rachel the very um very much type a kind of hbic character um there's they've had a clone for everybody or they've at least tried to show a clone for everybody even if we don't get to know them as well and then they created mk they created a clone who is neurodivergent, um, which there's not a lot of neurodivergent characters on television in general. Um, and they created MK, who is a wonderful example of neurodivergence. Um, she has Asperger's, which she admits in the comics, but asks her um, her clone friend to not tell anybody. And she never mentions it on the show. Um because she just doesn't like talking about it because she knows it makes her an outsider. Mm-hmm. But we have we have this neurodivergent character whose death was so horrifically violent. She was stomped to death by an overly privileged white asshole who was pissed off that he didn't get to fuck her sister anymore that has the same face. Yes, he was mad because he was the one who did the Helsinki project and Vera got away. Yes, he was mad because she stole all of his money and tried to kill him last season. But in the end, he didn't get to fuck Rachel anymore. And he violently stomped her to death because he doesn't get to bang her sister. And my entire issue with MK's death was that they killed the neurodivergent character to save Kira. They saved one neurodivergent character to save the other. And 
there could have been a clone because Kira has said there's other clones out there. We have to find them all. We have to save them. She said that, I think, in early season four or late season three. I can feel them all. There could have been a clone death that of a name she didn't know. Someone could have been shot in a burglary. Some there were there could have been another way for Kira to have that without having to kill MK that way in that fashion and at the behest of everyone else at the to save everyone else the way it was done. And it is just it was so horrific. And yes, Ferdinand is a violent character, but he stomped her to death while saying her sister's name. It's part of it that, was yeah, it's part of that that disposable character thing that happens to disabled people, colored people, you know, people of color, you know, uh, LGBTQ characters. And it's it's very disturbing. And particularly when it, you know, for for you know, autistic people to see this happen over again it's it's uh, it's and, and to a character that they can identify with. Yeah. Yeah. Um I have tried on Tumblr to reach out to my mutuals and everything who are neurodivergent and most of them who watch Orphan Black can't talk at this point. Yeah. Um, And so I can't quote anything from them because they don't, they can't say anything. Well, they can't, Um, yeah. And so, and then for Kira to go with Rachel, which I think is the right decision for Kira, but for Sarah to be known so nonchalant about it, no mention of, I shouldn't have left her. There was, you know, whatever. And for Rachel who has, you know, characteristically been icy, but to just put him on the street, not just absolutely nothing from her. Um, MK's death didn't matter. And that's why I am so utterly pissed about it. Okay, I feel you. Like, so mad. I've been going over that rant in my head for like two days. Um, yeah, I hope that they they take this as an opportunity to actually talk about this kind of, this kind of, uh, media uh screw ups that happen and well and and matt posted on um the group um a uh an article by and graham was interviewed and he said oh well it just kind of felt like mk's time well mk was sick it was just weird that she was just so defeated and i just i don't understand that i mean it just felt so contrived to me. I'm sorry. It really did. It, felt, have, it, it felt so pointless. Yeah. A lot, well, a lot of this episode felt pointless. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things they did didn't get them anywhere. Maybe that was the point, um, which is very sad. And I, I don't want that to be the moral of the show, that you can fight as hard as you can and, and the big corporation still wins. And you're when you're sick, you might as well just... Uh, kill yourself because you're not yeah. getting better like are these the takeaways like what's it didn't leave 
I didn't really like MK very much because I never read the comics, so I didn't. I only had got a couple scenes with her, so I didn't have a connection to her. I obviously did not want to see her stomped to death. Um, one thing that this article, I think I posted an article from IO9 as well, and they said that. I mean, this is something that happens in life. Men get sexually frustrated, and then they take it out violently on women and on their kids and other people. And if we have a positive takeaway from this, it's that we can now, we can see just how awful Ferdinand is and like how the sexual politics of his relationship with Rachel hurts everyone around him. And it's ugly to see, but I think it's important that it's dramatized so that it, we get it in our heads that this is a thing that happens in real life. People we really know are this vile. Yeah, we know that. There was the shooting in San Bernardino two years ago where I, the kid got turned down and so he went on a shooting spree. This happens every day. We know it happens every day, or at least as women, we know it happens every day because we're threatened for not giving phone numbers. We're threatened because we don't let someone buy us a drink at the bar, or if we let them buy us a drink at the bar, then we don't immediately suck their dick or go home with them. Um we know this happens every day. It doesn't not need ev- to be. Not everyone knows that. I think, yeah, maybe that's what we'll clarify that, Matt, and say maybe that this would bring it more to light. We, to, we know it. Not everyone knows yeah, that. We bring it more to light to, let's say, uh, how, to men, how exactly what how misogyny and patriarchy really is so damaging. And, you know, because as women, you know, and enlightened men, we live with this constantly. It's always in the back of our heads. We always know that we are, are vulnerable and, and anything we could we do or don't do is can be uh, you know, a violence will be inflicted upon us. So it you know, bothers I, me that the show creators are not having this discussion. Yeah. That they didn't say this is why it was important. No, they it, killed they, off a character that they feel that people have expressed, oh, well, I don't really know MK. I don't like her. Um, she's too different. She's whatever. Um, and so they, she was the sacrificial lamb when she deserved Pretty better. She much. deserved better. Yeah. So my, my silver lining of, oh, there can be a discussion about an important topic is something that I'm entirely making up because I want there to be a silver lining. Because if I, I, that was, re- I, yeah. if that was really, <laughs> well... There wasn't a There's, PSA at the end of this episode. There no. was well, there wasn't anything. No, well, got a um, warning or... it, 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 I guess you, I'm I'm groping for something good about this, and I'm not really finding anything. I, I, I just have to look at it from a narrative point of view. I mean, this is episode two of a, of a ten episode season, so if they're gonna, I'm just assuming this is this is to help jumpstart the season. They for whatever reason, and we we've only seen two out of the ten episodes, so we don't know what's gonna happen next what the reactions are going to be, if it's going to affect Sarah or how it's going to affect the other, the other sisters. But and, and if you're going to pick a clone, if you're going to need, have a death and you're not going to, you know, obviously you're not going to do the main characters. It's either going to be MK, it's going to be Crystal or Tony. That's, or you're going to create a new, a new clone who's going to pop up suddenly to, to get killed. Well, I mean, that kind of sounded like what, that's what Liz wanted to have happened. Yeah. Well, we didn't even have to know the clone. Like, it could have just been, Kira could have said, there's someone else we didn't say, you know, something like that. It, it, 
they didn't have to kill the neurodivergent character to save the typical characters. Um, I I think this has been a problem I've had with this show anyway, because I remember when, you know, uh, that uh, Delphine came out as bisexual, I said, oh, she's going to be killed. You know, and and it was just like always this possibility. So when she was shot, I was like, you guys are just, you're not, you're doing the same thing everybody else does, you know? Yeah. And and it's for a plot device and you're, you're, you're just not treating these, these characters with the respect they deserve, you know? And because you're sending that message to the to the world out there, it's okay to do that with people, with these people, and and it's right. so, you know it's something we live with all the time. As you know, as a disabled person, as a bisexual person, or or somebody who is LGBTQ of any kind, people of color, uh, you know, it it just it is a it is a typical thing that happens in America, and I just I'm kind of tired of it. I just fed up. I think. Yeah. Um, in fact, I was telling Katrin, um, we may have lost Katrin again. Oh, um, we might have. Yeah. And, um, but for me, um, honestly, if, if I, you know, wasn't on a podcast about this show, I don't know that I would watch the rest of the season as it came out. Um, it would be a, you know, a whenever, cause I don't have cable anymore. So I have to, um, get it in other means. Um, and so it would just be easier for me to wait until it's the season's over and it's all on Amazon prime. Right. Well, yeah, but, but, um, I, I do a podcast about it, so I will be yeah. watching you next must, week. <laughs> you must follow through. You must complete. <laughs> <clears throat> I have to do it for Bob. I know. I, I know what you're saying about Sarah as well. Oh, sorry. Lena, Lena go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. One more thing. I just think, yeah, I know. I said it's Bob's birthday. Did I get it? Okay. Well, we're finishing this for you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't, you, you always said you wouldn't start another show and that was live for this reason. Uh, here we are. We made it through season three. I think we can make it through the last eight episodes. Yeah. I was just going to say that I, my biggest problem was that everyone's reaction to it was so muted. They just didn't. Yeah. Give a I, I haven't, I've had to look <laughs> for reactions. Yeah. Oh, I mean, not, I'm not talking about character reactions. Human reactions. No. Yeah. Like Sarah's reaction. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Kira had a big reaction, but Kira's reaction was almost like she had a psychic connection and, and it could have been anybody and she would have right. felt the pain of their death. Yeah. yeah. It felt like everybody else was like, oh, MK died? Well, it I is season I, five. I, I don't know. It just. Uh, yeah. I, I felt like Sarah was in denial because she contributed to that death. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I also think everybody is has the deer in the headlight syndrome right now. They are just so overwhelmed that everything that comes at them, they just really can't process it. You know, and it's it's. But what I find surprising is the quietness that's coming from the fandom. I haven't seen a whole lot of people talk about it yet. Yeah, um, I. I, I went looking for like reviews and things, and I found the one article that I posted from io9, but I. I found another one that was um, that I didn't that I didn't share because I didn't want to do anything spoilery because I know some people can't watch quite as soon. Um, and uh, there was one that was you know was this violent death? Did this one go too far? Um, yeah, that's but, the one I put. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was you. Okay. Duh. Um, but yeah. So and like even on 
like I said, on Tumblr, most of the time from Saturday night until I can sit down and watch the episode, I can't go on Tumblr because my feed is just filled with stuff from the episode. There was gifts of Kasima and PT Westmoreland, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, it, there Twitter, was nothing. Twitter was like nothing. There was nothing. Oh. And that's why of, of uh, Ferdinand stopping. Well, but there was no, there was nothing. <coughs> there was no rants. There was no. Okay. Um, you know, previous gifts of MK, you know, in memorandum or, um, the only ones I've seen were, um, the one that I shared in the group where people were talking about like. You know, one person was saying, oh, well, she's autistic and other people going, um, no, she's not. She's just weird. And then sharing oh. the picture of her saying, I'm autistic. I have Asperger's. Um, so there was stuff like that, but I haven't seen anything. And that's also made me really mad. I think part of it that is also is that what happened with her, we are seeing this in real life right now a lot, you know, people being killed and beaten and stuff like that. And we all feel so powerful and helpless about it. And I think that makes people get real silent because they feel guilty. And I think this show has brought that out for people. Like, you know. Yeah, that could be. I think it plays into it. The, the violence that's happening in our world is, you know, they're right there on our screen. And we feel just as helpless about that as we do as, as what's going on, you know, down the street from us. Yeah. I just want to say I never thought that, felt that the show was particularly well written. In fact, a lot of the times I'm very frustrated by choices they make, narrative choices. Um, sometimes I feel like they're not giving much thought to anything and just sort of spiraling out ideas. And some things land and, you know, a lot of things don't. And I watch it mostly for Tatiana Maslany and her talent and the production values, all the actors, the funny moments, the kind of fun action moments. But I don't really trust them to tell a coherent story in any kind of like really respectable way. Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> they went in with a five season plot. So a basic beginning, middle and end that they wanted to have happen. And so, um, you know, season one, we had Neo and then we heard nothing from them in two and then they came back in three. And so in three, we had Caster and nothing. So Caster's coming back this season. If we follow the same, um, we're going to, I think we're going to find out more about Caster. Um, but they had such a rough outline in the beginning. And I think sometimes they forget that they have an outline. And so they let the characters be the characters that they've developed into, and then have to shift it back to, oh, shit, we're too far away from how we need it to end. So let's let's wheel it back in. You asked me to write down the mythology, like on an index card, and to explain it to somebody, I would not know where to start. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you took the basic premise of the idea of these clones who, who didn't know that they were clones and... Uh, are only learning about this at, you know, at the point of the series and who've grown up under totally different circumstances. And you gave that premise to, you know, different writers, you can have some much better series perhaps, uh, which is not to, this has still been the fun series, I think, but you know, you just, you cannot do this with any other actress. No, so. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But right now, it kind of feels like season six of Buffy, to tell you the truth. <laughs> it hasn't been very fun. No. no. Um, okay, so... Oh, um, well, I would like to say that I thought it would have been appropriate for Siobhan to call Sarah Chicken, and she didn't. I missed that, that you know, yeah. interaction, which we had yeah. last season. I didn't yeah, feel a whole lot of love from anybody, just a, lot, a whole lot of anxiety, fear, and desperation. Yeah. Right. Um, and so uh, one more quick thing. Where's Helena hiding? I don't know. Where in, is that girl? In the, in, in the Hendrix's garage. Oh. With, with Jesse at Jesse's toe-in. Oh, yeah. There oh. you go. <laughs> I hope she's with Jesse. Do you, do you guys think we're going to see him again? Or Cal? I don't think so. Oh, Cal. Totally forgot about Cal. Um, no, They're going to have to show up at some point. Maybe I would hope end. so. I would hope so. Um, but honestly, if it comes down to Jesse or either, or not Jesse, Tony or either of those two characters, I want Tony. Um, I want to know where Tony's been hiding. I want to know that Tony's okay. Do you think we're going like, to get like a big scene at the end of the series where it's like a hundred clones <laughs> and they're all, it's, they're all like, see, you know. But different outfits, and uh, Tony will be in there, sure, and all what 99 other ones. Well, Kira, they keep on showing that little clip on previously on that where Kira's talking about how she feels others that they haven't met. So they're definitely setting up that there's going to be additional clones being revealed at some point. Is this going to be like a straight-up potential situation? Yeah, where they're all at, at the very end, and they're all getting their clones. This is house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They don't have names. They just sit in the background listening. No, I, I could just see them in different doctor's offices with different wigs and getting a, a clone cure. You know, yeah, for, yeah. <laughs> with, with no, yeah, just all of a sudden. Um, what oh, wait, there's an experimental blah 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 that might help your um, blue bitty blue. Blue bitty blue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my. Or they're up there hitting a baseball and. I'm very tired. Um, so, is there anything else that anybody wants to wrap up before we wrap up? Well, it should be mentioned that for the second episode in a row, Donnie ran away. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, in this episode, he couldn't go to Helena, and he couldn't stay in the hospital. So, this time, it actually was the right thing to do. I'm wondering what's going to happen when the police show up to uh, Well, the police department the police department is run by the Neos. Well, the police department's run by the Neos, so I'm not actually too worried about that. Yeah, but the previews show them showing up at their house, and it didn't look pleasant, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, Mag, Maddie, Maddie, Queen Bitchface, um, she'll. She'll get it solved because she needs the clones. She can't have the clones if one of them's in jail. I think she's a meth head. Um, I think she's on crank. <laughs> I think she is an over-masculinized woman cop trope, and I think that's part of the reason why I hate her so much. Yeah, well, and I don't appreciate them doing that either because 
know, that kind of reinforces some gender issues and, uh, yeah, you know, it's just unnecessary. Um, so do we want to start with quotes or scenes? Well, since I was, have been busy, I haven't had a chance to do any of that. I only watched it one time, so do what you want. Okay. <laughs> Harold, what was your favorite quote? Uh, there can only be one. Shove up your bleached arse. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go first next, next week. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that was just, that was fantastic. Um, Matt? Mine is a Ferdinand quote. Is Sarah Manning finally ready to behave? Uh, yeah. Mm. Um, <sighs> Lynette? I don't have one. <laughs> well, make something up. Make it up. <laughs> um, Janice? This is Helena. Neo? Ah, yes. Yeah. Yes, good. <laughs> Um, I was like, are you going to do the whole, the whole, no, okay. Um, mine is also from Helena. Uh, it was my second choice. Um, thank you, Harold. Um, which was, <laughs> my brain is fried. Um, having a one-year-old and working overnights means funky brain syndrome. Um, when Helena was telling Donnie, no, it's okay. I'm like, Sarah, I have magic babies. Huh. Um, I just, I really liked that since her baby healed and I have magic babies. <laughs> um, Harold, what was your favorite scene? Uh, I think it was uh, on the waterfront. There were Kira stood up to Sarah and said she wanted to go with uh, Rachel and have a normal life, go back to school. And just a mix of emotions there between Kira standing up for herself, Sarah, uh, you know, being upset over that and, and hearing about uh, what Kira's saying about MK. So that's my favorite scene. There was some amazing acting in that from, from our little, from our little girl. Um, and you picked my, picked my thing again, Harold. It's okay. Um, Matt? Uh, mine is the same scene. Um, Lynette doesn't have one. Uh, and no, no that is, that is my favorite scene. Yes. Yeah. Janice? Uh, my favorite scene is Helena running down the hall in her hospital gown. Oh my God! And her little <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's it's, it's perfect because she, you know, it's, it's Helena running down the hall. It's not it's not one of the other clones. She, you know, Tatiana Maslany keeps it in character. Yeah, and would, Helena would be running down the hall just like that with her butt hanging out and kind of sliding yeah. in the socks that are right. supposed to be yeah. not. Let me tell you, when I first got up. Last year, after the C-section, trying to walk the first time, I about biffed it like four times, and I was in the non-slippy socks. Yeah. Um, those are shit. <laughs> um, who is your favorite and favorite clone and non-clone, Harold? Uh, this week, it, all the clones were pretty much, they were all kind of disappointing, except for Rachel. And I really can't pick her, because she's Rachel. Uh <laughs> So I have to go with Allison just because she was more concerned about what the shenanigans going on with the church fall fair than what was going on with her husband or anyone else. So, so I'm picking Alice plus I love Allison. So she's my favorite. So I give her a vote as for, as for nine clone, it has to be uh, Kira 
for the reasons we just talked about. You know, she wants to uh, learn about herself, and she's interested in having a relationship with her auntie Rachel. And uh, so I give her credit for being her own person. All right, uh, Matt. Well, I can pick Rachel, and I'm going to. I thought she was the most like in control this episode, and you know, I don't approve of any decisions that she made, but. I think she's such a well-defined character at this point that uh, she was just operating at her at her best. She was being her. Good for her. So I pick Rachel. Yeah. All uh, right. Non-clone. Oh, I don't know. Do I have to pick? <laughs> if you don't, else? if you just don't have one, that's fine. Uh, I guess Donnie, because he's being a good friend to Helena. Um, all right. Um, Lynette? Uh, well, I'm going to say favorite clone for Cosima only because out of all of them, she was actually trying to take care of Charlotte a little bit. So I'll give her that. But otherwise, <laughs> they were all disappointing, like you said. And favorite non-clone is going to have to be Kira for all okay. the above reasons. Janice? Uh, I'm going to pick Helena. Um, because I think those scenes provided comic relief, although I'm really upset with the, uh, the puncture, but, um, other than that, I just, I, you know, it was classic Helena, um, paranoid Helena, um, I, you know, like I said, comic relief, um, and favorite non-clone is Kira. I, I just really, I, I felt like that was really one good thing of the storyline hopefully it will continue um you know her standing up for herself i just feel like that might push us towards something interesting change right. my change my non-clone to kira forgot about her uh, <laughs> all right um so my favorite clone was mk um and um really pissed off um my favorite non-clone um is siobhan for being on kira's side um yeah because she just she knows that it might be safer but in the end she needs to let kira know who she needs to let she knows that she needs to let kira figure out who she is which is what a good parent does. Yeah. So, um, Siobhan is my favorite non-clone. Um, so, um, ratings. Harold. Uh, yeah, so, um, I guess I just want to say one last thing. You know, I, I'm just kind of disappointed about how Sarah's reckless decisions have led last season to Kendall Malone's death. It, it helped contribute here uh, to MK's death. And uh, I don't know, it, this, this episode still it just didn't feel like there's a lot going on. This, there's just a few big scenes. and uh, So I'm giving it three out of five exposed butt cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Matt? Yeah, not, nothing of consequence really happened for our heroes this episode. They ran around a lot and then they got fucked. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it I don't know, but it was a little bit better than last week's 
because this one had Kira and had uh, Siobhan. And last week's I felt like it really missed their energy. So I guess I'll give it 6 out of 10. Adios, Jug Ears. Saying that to Ferdinand. I don't want to see you again. I don't want to see your face again. Um, Lynette? Well, I'm going to give it a 2 out of 10. Uh, unnecessary graphic violence. And where the hell was Felix? Uh, I just, it just, I'm just really so disappointed with both of these episodes. Um, <laughs> all right, and Janice? Um, I'll give it three and a half out of five. Um, I don't know, I don't have a rating system. Um, uh, um, I don't know. Three out of five, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, pairs of non-slippy socks. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't. Other, than, you know, Carex, um There, there was a little bit of humor, but there was also some real horror. And um, for the most part, I don't think a lot moved forward, although I do have to, you know, like I said, I think the thing with Kira was really interesting. So um, I, there were some good things. It wasn't a total, total wash. So, yeah, three, three and a half out of five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, for me, I give it a two out of ten. Um, really pissed off podcasters. <laughs> and... Um, MK's death really overshadows everything else for me. I, I think that some stuff did move forward, even if it was quietly. Um, Kira going with Rachel is a huge step forward. Um, Kasima calling PT Westmoreland out um, on the circus. Um, that's moving things forward. Helena... Um, Helena running, hopefully, to the place where she will have the baby. Um, Allison trying to get back into her normal life. I feel like uh, small things did start moving, but for me, everything was overshadowed by MK's death and the unnecessary gory violence of it. Um, Harold, did you want to read your feedback, or did we cover everything? Oh, I don't remember. (laughs) Uh, do we have any other feedback? <laughs> uh, we do. We have feedback from Nutty that I sent to Janice. Did you get it, Janice? Did I send yep, it to you? Yep, I did. Yay! Hey, can I just add one more thing that I, I was in my notes and I kind of didn't talk about it? Uh, yes. Rachel, I like that Rachel wouldn't uh, have sex with um, Ferdinand because she basically found religion. Like, she's born again. And I think yeah. that's really funny. She's yeah. like, I can't. I'm pious now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not that she's born again, but she talked about that it, it, it's about what you say. It's about transcendence, not about uh, excitement. Or uh, I'm getting the quote wrong, but uh, but it's it, this, it's it's close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, um, she, she's fulfilled. You know, spiritually ha- ha- fulfilled. Ha- ha- <laughs> yeah, she's fulfilled in a different way. She doesn't need to beat somebody up anymore. Yeah, I, I commented on the um, the change in her um, wardrobe. It's a little bit more feminine, a little float, more flowy, white, no more power suits. Yeah. 
Um, and she, like, Katrin actually texted me right after she finished the episode and was like, okay, I see what you mean about Rachel. Because um, she's different now. Something, she drank the Kool-Aid and it's making her glowy. Mm. <laughs> God. She's buying into her own hype. Yeah. Either, either way. Um, all right, so the feedback from Nutty. Okay. So that was a downer. Pros from this episode, Donnie and Helena. Okay, so the needle in the cheek was a little goofy looking, but the whole story there is awesome. I love those two interacting, and I love how surprised Donnie is when he has to be questioned when his pregnant wife comes in with a belly puncture. (laughs) Helena rocks my socks and her socks as she walks down the hall with her butt hanging out of her hospital apron. Also, where is she going? Donnie looked shocked at the location. MK's death was horrible. I covered the screen with my hand when it happened. Thank you, Katrin, for posting a warning about that on social media. I couldn't see that. Even without seeing it, it was horrific, and I expect nightmares and to be disturbed for life. I want Ferdinand so dead. I half thought he was going to revolt against Rachel, but then he went all homicidal rage in the worst, worst way possible. No, that's not good. I hate everything. I get Kira wanting answers, and I support S for backing her up and letting her have autonomy. She feels all these clones, feeling MK die must have been horrible. Sorry, Sarah, I know you want what is best, but you're forgetting what your kid wants. She is a person. She has a right to her own choices. Sure, she's just a kid, but that isn't an excuse to take her choice away from her. This is why S is a good mom. Not so happy about this episode. I really hate seeing all my characters done like this. Delphine showing up to S at the end. Very interesting. Thank you, Nutty. Thank you, Nutty. We didn't even talk about that, did we? <laughs> oh, well. No. But, yeah, Delphine. Oh, yeah, Delphine showing up at the end. Um, yeah, she, she's supposed to be in Sardinia. And she's not. She's not. Ah. Um, yeah, but I get her nervousness about who she can and can't trust. Well, can Delphine um, be trusted either? Well, no. Uh, uh, and why, why is she in town? Is she working at Diet and she's getting away? Was she never in Sardinia? Or did she make a big escape from Sardinia? Um, I think she made a big esca- escape and she's trying to um, she's I think I do think we can trust Delphine and I think that her end goal is to save the clones um, and I think that's what she's doing with um, so yeah do we get the feeling, yeah do we get the feeling that she knows something that's not good yeah, I think so. so I does anyone have a prediction of what what Westmoreland's really about? Um, yeah. Curing the clones makes them easier to clone. More so if clones? they if if they cure them, he can restart the cloning project. Does he want? Does he want to clone himself? Is that is that what it's all about? Is that long, longevity by cloning yourself? Well, but if you clone yourself, it's not you. It's not you. Sort of. Semantics. Yeah. (laughs) Because right now they can only clone Kendall Malone. (laughs) Right. So I think that that curing 
I think the reason they've never been able to reclone them is because when they messed with their system to make them um, infertile and gave them the autoimmune disorder, that that killed whatever bit of Kendall Malone made it easier for her to be cloned. So when they cure them, they will, they're hoping that through that, they will be able to unlock what it was about Kendall in the first place that made them be able to clone. So they can either continue on with the Lita clones or um, clone mud. No. Oh, no. Please no. She's the only other name from the compound I remember. There's, um, <laughs> why well, call him Bearded Fuck? I don't know his actual name. They could the clone him. <laughs> a messenger. Yeah, the messenger creepy guy. Was she eyebrow guy? Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to. <laughs> um,. Oh, and uh, does anyone have any idea what uh, what the significance is of that young girl? I think her name is Aisha. Oh, uh, the one with cancer. Yeah. No. No. Um, she. I think her significance is she is the one who brought up the fountain. There is a reason why they keep talking about her for some reason. So she's some part of the cure. Uh, maybe. Maybe she has a similar. Maybe it's presenting in a similar way to what the Lita clones have. Mm. To the clone assumption. She's a guinea pig for sure. Um, Yeah. All right. This episode. (sighs) This is not a good start to the season, guys. I'm not feeling it. It's really not. I'm not Um, either. And I I was so looking forward to getting into talking with you guys. And it's like, well, this is depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's probably only going to get darker for a period of time until the last episode. I don't know. Don't you next think? Week's ep- next week's episode looks fun. I hope okay. so. Like, um, you know what? I honestly didn't even get to that point. Like, once the episode was over, I was kind of done. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, right. try, I try and avoid the next on because they, they've had a history of just spoiling things pretty much from the first first episode. Yeah. Yes, you're yeah. right. I was like, "What's going on? Why, why are there two women who look the same?" And then they have next on. Yeah, it's kind close. of Thanks a lot. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the oh, show the has always. Part. Yeah, yeah. They've always started off the show head first. I mean, there's Beth jumping off the train platform in the first like thirty seconds, so it's not like the show has ever been slow. <laughs> well, it's been slow a lot, but the clone thing has always been kind of right there. Um. So, anybody else have any big points? No. No. I'm glad this is over. Not this podcast. <laughs> I'm glad this episode is over. All right. Um, anything anybody wants to plug? The Law mm-hmm. Offices of Harold Wallen. <laughs> <laughs> um, slip and fall in Chicago, give me a call. <laughs> perfect. Um, Matt, what, yes. is, what is Hooplecast doing now? Um... We let's see, Robin and I, Robin from Potential Cast and Redemption Cast, just did a 35 minute discussion about the Leftovers series finale, which was fantastic because the Leftovers is fantastic, it's the best show. So, check that out. Um, Claire and I, um, Claire from the Defenders podcast, we did a commentary track about a Timothy Oliphant movie that I guess I can't really say, right? It's still kind of a surprise, but that's going to be released on July 4th. All right. um, 
and then I don't know. We're supposed to talk about Carnival and The Wire next. Okay, so well, I, I just watched the first. I've been all over the map. We're, so. we're we're chaos right now. <laughs> this podcast, we don't have a focus. If it's HBO or Timothy Oliphant related. We're talking about it. <laughs> okay, that's what I was gonna say. I was said you you guys are doing HBO pilots, right? Did you finish that? And now you're doing just H- everything else. HBO drama pilots. No, we're still okay. working chronologically. Okay. Uh, from uh, the beginning. And but and we recently did Six Feet Under and Band of Brothers, and the next one is Carnival on the Wire. But as bonus episodes, we talked about the leftovers, <laughs> and we did a commentary track for a Timothy Oliphant movie. Awesome. Yeah. All uh, right. Was you, recently you on the Defenders. No, we're not doing that. Yeah. I was recently on the Twin Peaks podcast and the Defenders podcast talking about Iron Fist. Last night I was on Redemption Cast talking about Angel, Spin the Bottle, and Supersymmetry. Yeah. All right. Um, I did one episode of Iron Fist, and it did not intrigue me at all. It's, it's not a good show. Okay, so I'm not missing anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, then. I would not recommend it. I wouldn't say it's a bad show, but I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, anything following Luke Cage would be really, really hard but to go from Luke Cage to rich white man appropriating Asian culture pain, I just don't care. I didn't even bother watching it. Yeah, there's part of that. I mean, he's not a terrible character. A lot of it's just missed potential. That's what you see. You see this could have been better. Yeah, because, I mean, Daredevil, Daredevil was good. and I really enjoyed Daredevil. And then Jessica Jones was... Holy shit. Um, and then Luke Cage was just like mind blowing. And then there's Iron Fist. Yeah. So I was really let down. Okay. So um, I think that's it for this week. Next week is episode three Beneath Her Heart. And I will say um, that I don't like that title. I hope that it's because they are referencing MK. Um, but they have actually kind of been a little more on the point with the titles of the episodes this season. Really? Um, well, wasn't this episode something about greed? Yeah. Well, where, where was, was the greed? About, he was screaming about Rachel's, his money. Rachel's clutch on oh, yeah. okay. Kira and Ferdinand in general. Um, yeah, so I think that there's a lot of um, this one's. I think the season's getting a little bit better, so I'm I'm a little little concerned for beneath you hold her on. heart. You hold on to that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, so um, that's it for this week. So we will talk to y'all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.